Welcome to the Fun Show. I'm Kelly Cree. I am Jessica Mullen. And this is your hour of fun. We are in Studio 2. Studio B. (laughs) Actually, Studio A for aliens. (laughs) We are in Studio A. Uh, Normally, we're in Studio B, which is upstairs, but... It's actually hot here in Cleveland. <laughs> we have to start a whole new season. Let's see. Today is August 24th, is which it? is the first time it's been too hot to record <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> but to be fair, we normally record at night, so the upstairs has cooled off. Yeah, it was hot up there a couple times when we had to turn the air off, remember, and we got burning up. Yeah, I so anyway, so anyway that's why we started a new season. It's a new season on the fun show. It's a new season of our lives. How so? Well, just like all this shit's popping. Like, we're doing our witch market. Y'all, we are putting on a witch market in Cleveland. Which we should talk about a little bit. Because it's been wild how it like, came together. It's pretty wild. It is. Do you want to say? Oh, yeah. Oh, so we've been... Talking with our friends about wanting to work together, collab on something, and talking... And, and just because, not not even for the sake of making something, just because we enjoy their company, we enjoy their minds, and we just want to create something with them, just like for the for fun. joy of creating with them, because they are also so creative. Right. Hell yeah. So, we were talking about how... Cleveland doesn't really have a regular witch pop-up market. Like, in Austin, they have the Austin Witches Circle markets, which are monthly, I believe, and they're really successful, and it brings the whole occult or pagan alternative spirituality crowd out. It's a it's magnetic for people. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Okay, so that just reminded me of a quote from my book. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I want to read it because it's so relevant to what you just said about um, the, about the people coming together, uh, having a um, a celebration, a, a place for the community. Uh, yeah. And I'll talk more about this book later, Learning by Heart by, by Corita Kent. Um, but one of her things that she was really into is celebrations, like oh. really into celebrations. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. She has like a whole pattern language for how to throw really? a celebration. Oh. It's beautiful. I need to know how to do this. Everything she's ever touched is beautiful. Oh. Um, but in this chapter about celebration, it says it makes a small space and time in which we are safe and supported. And oh. that's like what that really inspired me about the witches market. A lot of what she talked about celebration inspired me about the witches market. Wow, that, a, a small space and time when, in which we are safe and supported for you know, especially for the witch community oh. to come. And it just like reminded me, like, yeah, it's not about tabling. It's not about selling my wares. It's about a, creating, creating a community. space for people to feel safe and supported. Oh. Don't make me cry. I have <laughs> listeners, I have been crying so much lately. I'm extremely emotional. And everything's been making For me cry. For whatever reason, that's so random. <laughs> I know. I'm just so glad that I don't take Kratom anymore because I can feel my feelings and crying can feel really good. So anyway, hanging out with our friends, I don't know, a couple weekends ago or something, and they were talking about how they had done really well at a, at a Halloween yard sale. It was Haunted a fl- garage flea, sale. Flea market, basically. Yeah. Right? 
saying how you know that's the spot to for them to really sell their stuff especially is that niche type of market and yeah. we were talking about how here in cleveland there isn't really a pop-up that serves that niche and we were like well we should make one because we know how to do it we've done it so many times and they know how to do it too and they've put on shows before and um there's a, there are a lot of witch shops here like stores to buy witchcraft related things but there's not a, a pop-up market or any kind of like community event. event yeah I mean, there are little events but there's not really something that where everyone's invited to sell or attend right and it's it, it the, the whole thing was so funny because when kelly did her pop-up markets in austin and i call them her pop-up markets because well, she, some of them were oh you mean because <laughs> because i was i would participate i would be the tarot reader i'd help do i would you know man our table but organizing it was terrifying to me <laughs> and i wanted nothing to do with it i mean i helped in in little ways but you were the point person you were the communicator right in the organizing it and the designer and i helped in a small way and now this time i'm just so excited to meet people in the community to work with people that i like working with that I was like, you know what? I'll take the lead. She on- started doing it, and I was like, mad resisting. I'm like, oh, because I was like, so lazy, you know. Even though in the back of my mind, there's always that other train engine going against the lazy engine, saying, you know, wouldn't it be cool to have a community, you know, and just like expecting it to coalesce around <laughs> me while I'm in my house, right? Just like Eddie Vedder said, you don't have to worry about becoming successful if you're playing guitar in your bedroom. <laughs> so true. And it's not it's exactly not, the whole that exactly the point of that, yes. <laughs> and it's not like we want to be successful. It's not about the money. It's not about making money at this thing. It's about being successful at having a community, having friends. Right. And just doing the the things that I know like do fill me up instead of just not putting forth the effort to like live fully in the way that I know that I I really want to live right without resistance to the things like being like ugh, I want to go through the effort I want to have to find a venue I don't want to have to manage all the vendors I don't want to have to tell them where their booth is you know (laughs) shit like that yeah but all those things you just listed, you know that's what's going to happen. <laughs> know. You know how to do it. You know that those are the steps. You've put on, I don't know what, five markets maybe? Yeah. Uh, a few. I mean, more Several, than I like, remember. Maybe three or four mystic markets. Also participated in so many that it just feels like. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy for us. Yeah. And so I just, I got some project management software that our friends suggested and I invited the three of us to collab and I just wrote down like a few things like we need a logo items three to-do list items we need a logo we need to find vendors and we need to find a venue and it was like I don't know it's so funny like the whole time we've been saying it's a LARP (laughs) like it's like a it's so funny it was like we were (laughs) that's the way it happened when I said LARP Oh. (laughs) 
it was like like we did it on a lark like just off the cuff like not seriously yes but as a larp i guess it makes sense too. what does larp stand for again? live action role play yeah exactly exactly we were just role playing what you would do if you were setting exactly up a market. exactly is what it felt like yeah. like you're just like okay i'll make the almost like you were doing like a demo or something like I'll, you you sign up for the project management software make three items like yeah. just kind of like it I was, don't know like something else was driving you it was so weird it was like not I don't know I don't know how to explain it but you know what I mean it was uncharacteristic I've been doing so much uncharacteristic <laughs> shit lately I feel like I'm a, a whole new person that's why it's a new season on the fun show you're right I'm I'm different now <laughs> I do things like get the ball rolling organizing a market. I go out to answer the door to chase off solicitors. <laughs> and there was something else, but yeah, I can't go, think about going myself over this much. to the neighbor's house just to bullshit. I'm like I've I'm I'm in a period of being so social, which I've never been in my life. I'm at least not since I was a teenager. So anyway, she makes these three items and I'm still kind of like resisting it just because like i said i don't want to it's a lot i don't want to do the work to enjoy my life you well, know and to like put myself out of my comfort zone plus like you know that there's a lot of things that could stop this from happening and it was like you were ready for any single little <laughs> thing to stop it and so was i right i was like okay, you know, I'll take these steps. I'll contact this vendor and this, or this venue and this venue. If that doesn't work out, we'll put this to bed till next year. Right. It was like we were going through the motions, like halfway, not wanting it to not work out, but just being like, okay, we'll try. Could not care less if it worked out. (laughs) Because it's extra work and we're really busy. And yeah, we're so busy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Is that a joke? Yeah. We are really busy. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe compared to ourselves in the winter or something, but not like compared to probably 99% of people. <laughs> well, yeah, compared to our COVID winter, we are <laughs> we are a thousand percent busier. <laughs> so, um, and then our two friends, they started participating right away on the, it's called the sauna, is the project management software that we're using. So our one friend was like, I'll take the lead on the logo. And our other friend was like contact, contacting venues and stuff. And and I was, and Jessica was like participating and stuff. And like, it took me a good, probably three days to be like, okay, everyone else is participating. <laughs> I, I guess I'll participate. It's so funny that you had to be like dragged into it. Or, like I, I, kn- I knew that once the ball got rolling that you would be happy to participate. And it felt so good to be able to get it started for you because you were, you were busy right. doing other things. Right. You did not have the bandwidth for, for right. starting. That is why I was doing client stuff. But I was just on fu- f- fuch a sigh, such a Hi. Excuse me? <laughs> I've been so high. <laughs> is it, is it, what's up? <laughs> that everything's flowing really well. It's so true. <laughs> so, I'm, on, I'm high on life. 
so everyone else participating i'm like okay i'll i'll participate too and then it was like i kind of caught my wind on it i was like yeah this this could be fun this could be this is my dream right you've only wanted this since the day we moved here since right we lived in galesburg i know it's like i don't it's like i don't even do it because i just know how naturally it comes right it's so weird yeah and you're you're so good at it thanks at organizing and it mostly um communicating with people and you're so good at replying right away Mm -hmm. like you don't take two days to write back to a yes or no question right and just the way you communicate with people and make people feel like when they get involved it's so nice you're so good like communicating via text is hard to not come off sounding weird or mean right for me right <laughs> you know like I, I go overboard with smiley faces and exclamation points to show yes i'm enthusiastic right but you actually use words to express <laughs> like what you really mean <laughs> wow oh that's such a compliment thank you it's really it's always been inspiring <laughs> how you are able to talk via text thanks so then I'm like, we're looking at venues, and I'm like, oh, well, I could ask this kid that I know. He he did a zine fest in this yard by where his print shop is. And it was like I was just going on there saying I can ask this kid so that I would, like, have something to do that I'm helping, right. you know? Yeah, just like... Just to to act like you're helping. Exactly. Again, a LARP. That's so funny. I thought that was what you had said. <laughs> I know you laughed so much. I was like, wow, you really think a LARP is that funny? But isn't a LARP funny? Yeah. Because <laughs> that so, is what it felt like, that we were just like... Um, right, like being something puppeted. else. Yeah, like we were the game players. Yes. Someone and else someone else playing. has the like, controls. Yes. And it's just like, okay, I guess I'm texting this dude about this market that I don't even know if I want to do, which I do want to do. Right. Especially now that the hard part is over. Right. And we already have, like, the we already have a uh, top-notch roster of vendors that are going to do it. Like, the three people outside of the people we're collaborating with that we originally said we could get these three people, four people. They all said yes. Yeah. So anyway, that was another like magical aspect about it. The fact that we even know four different people who could booth at our t- at our market is yes. miraculous. It is miraculous, and that's like, um, I've been really noticing a couple things like what the concept of when it's time it's time and i'm i've been paying attention to plants so much that i it's like i can see how everything in reality is a seed Hmm. and to not rush anything because you can't rush a plant growing right you can do things like fertilize it and treat it right and that's one way to help it but you can never rush nature and so to i've just been looking at all of my life as this plant that I cannot do a thing to change the timing. Right. It's going to happen when it happens, and it's not up to me. That's good. That's and a good one. So we've lived in our, this, we've, we planted the seeds for this market in Austin. You were, right. you were going strong with it. Right. But then we're like, we got to go. 
Moving. Yeah, I remember I had to email them and be like, actually, we're not doing that market. We're moving. Yeah, like she was <laughs> in the middle of throwing a successful market monthly. We were in the middle. We had the mystic market. We had the happy place market. We had ven- venues. We had vendors. Mm-hmm. We had it all. We did. We could have been the next. Oh, my God. I just realized when we did that happy place, we didn't have power there. And that yeah, was you're fine. Right. We're professionals. <laughs> it's just that I don't want to have to ask other people to provide lighting. Oh, I know. I or, get it. We didn't do that. We did that one during the day. Or happy place. Yeah. Yeah. But it got dark at the end. But there was electricity. There was a... Anyway. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then we, we had to move from Austin to Galesburg. And we we really did our best to like quickly get involved in the in like-minded community and we did a couple events like we did a, a in pop-up market workshop trying to teach how to do a pop-up market we tried and then we also would travel a lot to pop-up markets when we lived in Galesburg to Kansas City Cleveland Chicago, Chicago. we did a lot of cool events but there wasn't time or vendors to have a witch market in Galesburg no. Illinois we only knew like two other witches so, so that was like, it was all fertilizing this plant of this market that I see blooming now. Right. And then we moved to Cleveland and we see that it's actually the perfect spot. It's receptive. Yes. To witchcraft specifically. Right. And we've known that since the day we got here. Mm-hmm. And since before we even moved here. Right. Since we went to that pizza place and they played the Grateful Dead. And when we say witch, like, it's just a symbol that means you're into non-physical things or like um yeah spirituality and respecting the earth and knowing that life is deep and consciousness and tapping into your personal power and right. and empowering yourself exactly and subverting you know the systems that would like to control you and the way that you see the world right yeah so it's just it's a very effect it's very if you can see the word witch and that interests you, you automatically are open-minded enough that you want... It, it doesn't just mean witch or witchcraft. It just right. means you're open-minded about the it's nature of reality. It's just a way to, to tell people concisely what it is rather than saying mysticism and consciousness market. Because yeah. then it sounds like a metaphysical fair and it sounds... Stodgy. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, um, I don't want to. It's just a different thing. <laughs> well, maybe that, that I just realized that's my own personal um, ex- experience. Having having never been to a metaphysical market, if I saw something that said Mrs. I don't think it would really. It's a little like it's especially someone who is who's a maybe a beginner. Yeah, you know? right. Because it, that's that's a very deep dive into spirituality. If you're going to a metaphysical <laughs> fair, you're talking about psychics, you're talking about Reiki, you're talking about um, like like serious practitioners, energy readers, and people wanting to get into witchcraft don't necessarily. Like, they might be intimidated by all that, or they might just be aesthetic witches who want to get some jewelry. <laughs> they don't need to go to a fucking metaphysical fair. And that's a totally fair form of witchcraft yes. as well. And also it's like 
which has more of like this DIY punk aesthetic yes. or vibe to it. The right. metaphysical is more like new age yes. and crystal. Not nothing. There's nothing wrong with crystals. But it just sounds like old people to me. Like you said, <laughs> metaphysical, new age. Well, like I just see people with white hair. I don't know their age, but when I, when I say those words, I see people with white hair. <laughs> but there's nothing. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there is. I'm just saying that's not the market that we're... I don't care if, if they have white hair. It's 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 beautiful. <laughs> like, I, I love white hair. I'm just saying that's what I see. And I don't know. Like, I think the, the people that we're trying to get, they have more, like, black hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Right? Maybe. Like, when maybe. you say, which is market... I see people with black hair. I see people who are choosing to wear a lot of black hair. Yes. <laughs> I see a lot of deliberate use of the color black <laughs> as opposed to white. And it is it does have that like edgy, younger feelingness to it because there are there is black magic. There is right. um, you know, the dark arts and you can go down that path if you want. And I have resisted the witch word for a long time, too, because it is a a buzzword. buzzword. And I don't, I agree. I don't think it fully sums up what we do. Um, But it's the best word I've found to attract the people that are a match to our work in a concise way. Right. Yeah. And I think, actually, now that we're talking about it, when you go to a metaphysical fair, you're looking... to, for someone to help you, to give you an energy reading, to give right. you a psychic reading, to cleanse your aura. And like what I'm saying is most people, when you say metaphysical fair, they're not going to know that's what that is. But let me finish. Sorry. Metaphysical fair, you're going there to get like some healing maybe. Mm-hmm. And Or someone else to solve your problems. And a witch fair, witch market, you're going there to empower yourself and solve your yes, own problems. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that's really the distinction. And that's why it seems like you want to apply white or old to it because it's like <laughs> um, it's like this victim. Not God, let me not go off on I know, judging. I know, because like we're only really basing that on our life experience with certain metaphysical affairs. But in general, but we're also going to have divination at our market. Right, right. I just think a lot of what we're trying to put out there is tools to empower yourself instead of you need to come to me to fix your problem. Right. Like, I'm not the one fixing your problem. I'm showing, we're looking together at your problem. Yes. Not scamming people. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think we scam people. (laughs) So anyway, we're doing the switch market. And it has come together so magically. I just know it's going to be the most magical thing ever because I, it's not God you doing has it. created the whole thing. God is still creating it. Um, I don't care if it happens. I I've, I've I haven't gone on the Asana since I like got the ball rolling. Like everyone else picked it up, I'm, and I haven't had the time to get back into it. But it's like. It's so cool how everyone's picking it up when they can. Right. And no one is like feeling obligated or forced or pressured to right. work on it. Right. Everyone's just doing it when it's in the flow. Um, I want to read another Karita Kent quote that's relevant to this that really, because I started thinking about, okay, well, I'm, 
I'm asking questions and they're not getting answered and I'm I'm feeling a little pressed now because I personally am ready to move forward now. Oh. <laughs> and I started feeling like a little regretful that I had ever um, invited the opinions of others uh-huh. <laughs> just because then it's like you're having to go through other people before you make decisions. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, why? You know? Yeah. But then I read this. Let's hear it. It changed my whole outlook. I see pictures of cookies. Those are um, pond dulces, but anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> yum. <laughs> Involve as many people as you can. This is about the celebration. Okay. A variety of viewpoints will make a more richly textured event and will provide more solutions. Oh. And I was just like, you know, mind-blowing. Like, of course, of course. We make it better by having other people's opinions instead of just thinking, like, your opinion. Not not that it... it I mean, certain aspects of it, that's good. You make the choice. But, when it's like time sensitive, you right? Have to just make a choice, right? But it it just really reminded me, like, no, you're, this is you're doing this for love, you know. You're not doing it to be efficient, yeah. And that the other people being involved are going to make it better. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I love that. I love. I need to read this creative book. I'm so into the celebration idea, but. Um, do you want to say anything more about this pop-up? Because I have a, a yeah. little topic. Oh. That's connected. Oh, to so the pop-up? Yeah. yeah. We'll, keep, we'll keep the listeners updated on the pop-up as okay. it unfolds. Yeah. We're pretty sure it's going down, but we'll let October you know. 9th, Cleveland, Ohio, 97-something Madison Avenue. <laughs> Look for the hearse. 1 oh. to 5 p.m. Is or she 2 going? to 6 p.m. Did you I, ask her? In the air. Okay, cool. <laughs> Look for the hearse. <laughs> So what I wanted to bring up is we're talking about how a lot has been happening for us lately in the flow. Like I'm, my body is doing things uncharacteristic of it, of who I thought I was like physically going to do things or Mm -hmm. taking action. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I've been feeling like it's not me doing it. Mm -hmm. It's the flow. I'm, I enjoy it. I love it. It's exciting to participate in the flow like that. And I've been so thrilled by like the results of participating in this flow that sometimes my mind gets a little obsessed <laughs> with like how well things are going or like, you know, something good happens and I'll ruminate on it and think about it a lot. Uh-huh. And the One, good thing. The good thing, which we talked about maybe a week or two ago. Right. How I'm perfectly good at dealing with blows, but dealing with highs is... You uh, get wrapped up. Yeah. And it's it's so... I, and I found out it's in my natal chart analysis <laughs> that because my something-somethings in Taurus, <laughs> I struggle with having really strong attachments to people. Now you know how I feel. <laughs> about being attached? A Taurus. Oh, Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because, yeah, that makes sense. So I've always had, like, attachment issues where I get really hooked on things. <laughs> but so so I think about this, this good things happen, I get attached, and then I'm devastated when I can't keep the good thing coming. 
you know, like wanting to relive it or wanting it to happen again the same way. Uh-huh. Like addicted to to a good thing happening in, in my life. Right. And then getting so hooked on that, thinking that's the way how I can feel good, the only way. When me choosing to be the source is what manifested that. Right. Like that's not the source. That's just a nice reflection of my alignment. Mm-hmm. And looking to that thing to keep my alignment is what throws me Right. Out of alignment. So I've noticed myself doing that a few times. And <laughs> when I caught myself like really mentally attached to something to the point that I knew I was like making myself sick, like, mm-hmm. you know, like making myself feel bad. Right. That tension in the, in the rubber band. Yeah. Of thinking I need this to happen to feel good. Looking to the next wave. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I noticed myself doing this and I remembered and the whole reason I got to this place of living in the flow is because I listened to Muji and then came across that Rupert Spira book and learned how to ask, am I aware? Right. And ever since I started asking that, my life's gone great. (laughs) So true. It's weird, but that's really what happened. That just reminded me. I want to tell about what our friend said how he was reading somewhere that you get to choose if you're mad. Oh, yeah. So, I, um, what was I talking about? You were getting obsessed with something, noticing that you were feeling sick. So, all this good stuff has been happening because I've been aware. I've been staying as I am. I've been resting in my pure awareness. And so the good shit starts happening, and then my mind's like, okay, cool, now I'm going to think about this. And... Think about it, think about it, think and about I gotta, it. And I got to keep getting this. This is this is it. This is what I need in my life. This, getting, is, this, is, the, this is my reason to live now. Yeah, this is cool. I'm going to obsess over it and bag, bag for it every morning and night. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I do it with drugs. I do it with relationships. I do it with... That's all I can think of. <laughs> drugs and relationships. <laughs> got, a little, got a little habit forming issue. So anyway... I was working myself into this tizzy, obsessing, ah. and it's not like it's a big deal, but it's just something I wa- I see going on. Like I don't want to live like this. Mm-hmm. And I remembered something I learned from Muji, and he'll he teaches about resting as the pure awareness. But when your mind is attached to an object, it's very it can be difficult to just jump back into presence or awareness. Mm. And sometimes you need. A little help like Rupert Spiro talks about you need something to help discipline your mind so it can let go of attending to physical objects or right. yeah, objects in general so like you need a technique like counting or breathing or chanting to like break the spell yeah because remember remi- remember what it feels like to even be aware yeah and that that's what happens you forget you're aware right and so Muji acknowledges that's a thing that sometimes you need a technique. Rupert Spira talks about techniques lead, all leading up to this awareness practice of asking, am I aware? And resting in that knowing. So when I can't get there, or when one can't get there, Muji suggests, if you're like really sick and really having a hard time, he, he suggests just saying thank you as your chant. Mm-hmm. But he said one time or multiple times the best if you don't know what else to do the best prayer that you can say is 
thank you, God, for replacing me with you. Oh, yeah, I saw you put that as a caption. Yeah, I wanted to talk about it because it's really... I I really get it now. And what he means is that when you are the person, when you are a personality, when you are minding, when you are in your likes and dislikes and your preferences, wanting to control, when you are your ego, um, you are, you're cut off from God. You're suffering. Mm -hmm. You're You're not in your natural state of joy. You're, you're stuck in your head, either worrying, overthinking, stressing whatever you're doing in your head that causes you suffering that is not (laughs) helping anything in life so to say the prayer when you when you cannot get back to what you're knowing that you are aware you say thank you god for replacing me with you and what i now understand that means is that something good happens to me and then my mind takes over and wants to control and make sure it can happen again. And the instant the mind takes over wanting to control making it happen again, I start suffering because I start, I slash ego start wanting to control, meaning like timing, when we leave for things, what we bring, what like all these actions of, of wanting to control to make something nice, like. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot to do with time and a lot to do with like how can we contribute what can what can we do what can we do (laughs) having that question is really stressful because when you're resting and knowing you know what to do every step and it doesn't matter what you do (laughs) is the main point that too okay it makes no difference nothing to gain or lose from what happens yes So when I noticed myself trying to control, specifically wanting to rush and so that I could go do something else, I said to myself, thank you, God, for replacing me with you. And it made me remember I or the ego has nothing to do with the magic that's happening in my life. And if I can replace that that demon in me whoa (laughs) that's what it feels like 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 my ego is a demon that's like meddling and trying to get stuff okay but awareness doesn't judge like that you know no like that's a flawed premise that's gonna get you into trouble you know you just start hating part of yourself calling yourself a demon well i i say that for dramatic comparison (laughs) I don't really think my personality is a demon, but the mind, like in um, Course in Miracles and a lot of teachings, the devil in the Bible is the mind or the unconscious mind. It's being unaware. That's all the devil is. Right. So I like to like notice in life where the so-called biblical evil came from. Like there's no no outside evil. There is no evil, period. There's only cut off. There's only cutting yourself off from alignment. All of my point being that when I said thank you, God, for replacing me with you, I was able to stop trying to get something for me, stop trying to gain something, or make myself look better. Okay, you know what I mean. You're saying you were in a hurry to get to the to our friend's house when I was showering. That might be exactly the example I'm referring to. That's when I try this technique. 
Why were you in such a hurry? Because my demon mind <laughs> took over and wanted wanted me to look good, wanted me to I see. You know, like starting to stress about what someone else is thinking. I wanted to um I wanted to read this Karita quote that's related to that. But oh, cool. I I can't find it, but it's like basically um um creating and analyzing which same which I think you could replace with critiquing or judging mm-hmm. are different processes and cannot be done at the same time okay yeah yeah totally yes I agree <laughs> and so when I've noticed myself getting attached or suffering because I'm trying to control if I say thank you God for replacing me with you then it's like that gets me right into awareness like oh yeah okay this is just this is god's time this is a plant blossoming i can't right you get back to the god self yeah and i think that's a really good technique to get right back to the god self and it's poetic you know the mind likes something to be poetic right (laughs) yeah especially like if you think of it as a prayer that you do when you're desperate it's really like romantic in that like um like religious way like uh what you're saying (laughs) okay well i love it thank you yeah you want to hit a break and then come back and talk more i'd love to oh crap what's the matter oh this stupid lighter won't stick to the light post what? Huh? Hey, what are you doing? I'm trying to get this maraca to stick, huh? Maraca? What are you trying... Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. What now? Dude, you need stickers from Sticker Ninja. Say what? Sticker Ninja makes awesome, high-quality vinyl stickers. Yeah, but I need my business logo on them. Mr. Cat's Maracas and Lighters. Yo, give Sticker Ninja your logo, and they'll make custom stickers for you. But stickers just fade in the sun, or they fall off when it rains. The stickers from Sticker Ninja are waterproof and UV-resistant. And best of all, they're from Portland. Support local businesses, dude. Sweet. Are you water resistant? So where do I find Sticker Ninja? Go to StickerNinja.com and check out their website. Get free quotes on custom jobs. And hey, use the discount code SPR10 for a 10% discount on stickers. Support Sticker Ninja and Shady Pines Radio. I'm on it. Sticker Ninja. Welcome back to the fun show. And before we begin... I just wanted to know if you thought there was any value in telling the story of what's in this pillow. (laughs) Because lately it's been the funniest joke I could think of. (laughs) And it's a quick story. Um, Yeah, sure. I mean, it's pretty funny. Okay, so can you tell it? You'll tell it really funny. (laughs) Okay, so I don't know if any of our listeners have ever hung out with tweakers, but... It's fucking fun. Like, I tell you what, people on meth are creative as fuck. (laughs) And they don't get distracted. (laughs) Well, maybe they do. Um, So we're chilling with our friends. We're at our friend's house. We were not doing meth. Not that, that... I don't know why I feel the need to clarify that, but no, we weren't doing meth. We were probably just smoking weed and doing Adderall or something. (laughs) Um, so we were hanging out during the day and they were working on a project. They, um, they needed to turn this floor lamp into, (laughs) what was it? An overhead light fixture or something. (laughs) 
they were doing a lot to this floor lamp. <laughs> I don't even know. But they were making a new kind of light from this other existing light. There was splicing. It was it was definitely a tweaker mission of the high store. <laughs> so... <laughs> Meanwhile, this is a, this is quintessential tweaker shit. Huge project here in the middle of rewiring your entire rented apartment, and then there's like a pile of dog shit, like three feet from you that you haven't bothered to clean up. It was dog barf. Oh right, I was thinking it wasn't shit. It wasn't shit. It was barf. It was under a couch cushion on the floor <laughs> under a bunch of food wrappers. <laughs> Precisely, precisely. <laughs> Not a priority. <laughs> so whatever. I think I think we actually cleaned up the barf so that we could sit on the couch or something. <laughs> so we're chilling there with them, and they're making their they're doing something on their lamp, and you know we're all just hanging out, bullshitting, listening to music, having a good time, and um. Okay, so, <laughs> you know, like, when you buy a huge-ass bong, this might be before some of our listeners' times, but the way it used to Back be. Back in the aughts. <laughs> in our day. Um, you had to buy a giant buy a, water yeah, pipe. Yeah, so. To some, smoke your flower. <laughs> with fire. Burn it with fire. Yes. You would have to get a magnifying glass because you can't use a lighter because you can't use butane. <laughs> um, no. So, you know, they, he he had this big-ass bong, our friend. N- not the one making the lamp, but the one that lived there. <laughs> and it was a nice bong. And um, so, <laughs> you know, when you buy a nice-ass bong from the head shop, they have, like, those containers that you can... Like, like a carrying it's like case. It's kind of like a backpack, almost. Like, it has a strap. A nice padded bag. Like, very padded. And they make them for, for pipes, too, but they're smaller. But it's just, like, a very padded pouch. <laughs> <laughs> and in this case, it was a very large padded pouch. Right, because the bong, it was like a three-foot bong. It was just, like, yeah. some, it was a really big bong. And it was in? <laughs> it was in... It was in its thing. In its carrying bag. Yeah. And the carrying bag is at the approximate dimensions of, I believe it's called a bolster pillow. Yeah. It's like a a cylinder pillow. A cylindrical pillow, pillow, yeah. Like a nice big one. (laughs) So he's working on the lamp, and I don't know why, for whatever reason. I don't know. He's, like, on the floor working on it or something. He was on his He was coming by to, like, smoke with us, like, kneeling at the coffee table. Okay, okay. And so the bong was laying there, but or he grabbed it or something to kneel on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he grabs the bong in the bag (laughs) to kneel on by the table, and it's, like, crunches, of course, and he's, like... (laughs) What's in this pillow? (laughs) (laughs) I don't a fucking ball. Like anyone who has ever been to a head shop before in their life would know that's a meal on this bag full of a thousand dollar bong. Right, that's the other thing is those bongs are very expensive, like, oh my god. And then, I think a few months later our friend was like, do you guys want this bong? It got broken somehow. And we were like, Yep. 
Yep, that happened. Oh, we were like, yes, homeboy was kneeling on it. (laughs) (laughs) So it, it just got brought up recently because we got this pillow from our friend and our cat Linty comes in the room to sniff the new pillow and Linty says, hey, what's in this pillow? (laughs) (laughs) You you might have to be there. You really might have to be there for this whole segment. We like to relive our days having fun on Adderall. Yes, hanging out with tweakers. I love tweakers. They are fun. They are really fun. (laughs) <laughs> so back to fucking consciousness. <laughs> well, I did. <clears throat> Can you tell me more about the celebration? Is that what you're yeah, going to tell me? Sure. I, that's what I want to learn about. How to throw a celebration. Well, I want to. I want to say a couple other things that speak to the work and everything. And okay. I'll get there. Okay. Before our time is up. Okay. Okay. So. Like I said, I've been reading this book, Learning by Heart, by Corita Kent, and she I was reading on her Wikipedia, and now looking back, she's seen as a pop artist. Really? Yeah, she was even influenced by Warhol. No shit. Yeah, and she, she started out, okay, so when she was 18, she became a nun, and then she Catholic? Taught, yeah. She taught at this Immaculate Heart College in L.A., and it was associated with her order that she was in. And it's known as being kind of like a mecca of creativity during the time, just because the way that she taught, um, which I've, I've mentioned to you a little bit in our conversations outside of this, but just about seeing art as, as um, not as a, a particular way of painting or drawing, but as caring. Yeah. And um, specifically about how, and this was something, she was heavily influenced by the Eameses also, especially Charles Eames. Um, And the Eames are a husband and wife? Yep. Okay. And Charles Eames' big thing was there's no separation between life and art. Mm -hmm. And that was a big thing that Carita taught as well. Um, and so that's like one of the things that I really enjoyed about reading the book is like remembering how my life is my art. And then another thing which I spoke to earlier about her idea of um, separating, you know, critique or judgment from your work. And um, she was really obsessed with like, writing down a ton of ideas so that you could get like basically through that wall of judgment to like more in in your intuition mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me so that's another part that i really liked about her work um and the way that she taught and mainly like this book has really opened up my mind or reminded me like, I feel like, you know, like how we don't like to teach workshops. I feel like I've been really put off about teaching, just just looking at it from such a bureaucratical standpoint mm-hmm. or from a power, not, like, I just hate that idea of, like, a power, like, I'm telling you what to think. 
or I, you know, like right. I'm, you know, rather than like an equal exchange. And what really inspired me about Corita and like her teachings, and which was even came down from Charles Eames, really, and and Buckminster Fuller, of course. Um, <clears throat> and but like I was telling you before, like there are still people in that area who went to Immaculate Heart who, and it's just been passed down from generation to generation, a way of seeing the world. Uh-huh. And just like the people who learned from her, like their hearts and their minds were cracked open as a result of her teaching and just thinking about how we could also do that for people. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know, it just like really brought me back around to appreciating what teaching really can be. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I really can never unhear you teach what you want to learn. And I that's just how I see it now is that I don't I'm never the authority. I'm just trying to ex explain what I wanna know so that I can Right. Learn from the people it. that you interact with. Yeah. Yeah, and she said that was something that that Charles Eames talked about a lot as well, is that you like there are opportunities to learn all around you every moment and especially every person that you encounter. Right, yes. And <clears throat> another thing that Eames one of his concepts was the basic the basic problem of design is to care. I think I already mentioned that, but the the caring, um there was this other part there's just so many highlights from the book that I want to tell you about. And, like, I guess our listeners just have to read it because it's all so good. But, like, <clears throat> there's this one part about making something of quality. Uh-huh. And let me, <laughs> let me try to talk and find it at the same time. Um... Anyway, it's too hard. It's too hard to not leave dead air and find the quote, which is exactly what I was afraid of. You overprepared. No, it's just that I have all of these highlights, and it's too hard to find the one that you want in the moment, you know? Yeah, I know. I mean, how can you ever... It's, it's never, like, bookmarked in your head the way that it looks on the screen. <laughs> um, so, anyway, you wanted me to talk about the celebration part. Yeah, into the mic, please. <laughs> <laughs> Something, a really interesting part about Charles Eames. He was an architect, and he never got his degree because he was such a follower of Frank Lloyd Wright that he fought with, because especially during that time, every architecture program was um, like, a, like gropius and... <clears throat> What's that type of architecture called? That's like Bauhaus. What, that's like what? That's all you did. I remember reading it in that Tom Wolfe book about the Bauhaus. That was all you. If if you weren't making that type of architecture, you weren't seen as like a real architect. And it was like that um, socialized architecture. Yeah. That came from. Um, Russia. Yeah, like Eastern European. Post World War World II. War, I think so. Okay. So, anyway, 
Charles Eames, I mean, he's one of the most revered industrial designers of all time. He never got his degree, and when he was asked to teach, he made a, he had his friend draw a fake diploma for uh. him to say to say that he had the credentials huh? to teach. Oh my god! And he's also one of the most revered like teachers of all time. Right. Wow. In the in design in the design field. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I just thought that was so cool, and I was um, I've through reading this book, I've like really have a new appreciation for the Eameses and in the way I really want to look more into their work because in this book they talked a lot about how the Eameses were obsessed with new like finding beauty in the mundane Mm. and that's like what a lot of their films were about like it's just a video of like some blacktop getting cleaned or something Mm. just like one's called Tops and a lot of it was like documenting their collections and stuff just like really okay um just looking at at things like you're brand new or like a child it was like a huge part of all their teachings and something that i want to remind myself also did they ever mention like zen buddhism or anything or like eastern concepts driving them karita or the the Ameses? well they didn't specifically mention it in this book about the Ameses, but Karita required all of her art students to be English minors, and so made them like read extensively. Okay. And one of the assigned readings was the Bhagavad Gita. Oh, nice. And that's well, she became increasingly more political in her work, mm-hmm. um, especially around like in the '60s. And so that's why she actually had to break from her order, and many of the nuns that taught at Immaculate Heart College broke from their order because of, like, conflicts with the diocese. Mm, Imagine that. Yeah. So she actually became not a nun later. Because of political... Because, yeah, she wanted to express herself in the way that she wanted to, but she still taught at Immaculate Heart, and they called it Immaculate Heart Community or something. Okay. Did she still live, like, a sequestered life? It didn't say. Okay. I don't know. Probably not as much. Yeah. <laughs> Why suffer? <laughs> exactly. I'm not a nun anymore. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, she was she was really in into celebrations and did a lot of planning and creating celebrations at Immaculate Heart. Wow. Uh, she says... Celebration is a kind of food we all need in our lives. <clears throat> Excuse me. And each individual brings a special recipe or offering so that together we will make a great feast. Aww. Celebration is a human need that we must not and cannot deny. It is richer and fuller when many work and then celebrate together. And, uh, yeah, like just the whole, her whole chapter about um, celebration is really beautiful. And she has like... Um, like throughout the book there's assignments so she makes an assignment to make your event and then she says like everything that you need for it like um, like you have to have a theme <clears throat> she's really into banners so she always wants you to like make these banners or flags or like very focused on like fabrics um, and then also um Oh, here we go, here we go. Many of the same ingredients incur, occur in all celebrations. 
um, <clears throat> she had talked about these three previously, these three different celebrations she described. So this is like the list. A central theme, special colors, <clears throat> special words. <laughs> She's very much about like ritual too. So she wants you to like find a traditional ritual and kind of like adapt it to your celebration. She said oh. that's like a really important aspect of it. So that's kind of what she means by special words. She says they, one, of, one of them was the Olympics, like let the games begin. Oh, special clothes. Okay. Special music. So like fire. Um, ephemeral materials like paper, cloth, or flowers. Really into flowers. She's like, if you can't do flowers, then paint flowers on something. Or the same with birds. Really? Mm -hmm. Like cut flowers? Anything resembling a flower. Like she's really into assemblage and like collage. So she would like <clears throat> maybe cut out pictures of flowers and put them on something. Um, she's all about just like looking at things in new ways and also keeping it very simple and like removing the mind from the process of your creating as much as possible and there's just so much more I want to tell about it but I guess everyone just has to read the book anything else about celebrating yeah um processions really like a little parade okay symbolism things that transcend earth flags banners birds balloons whoa a tightly structured plan beginning middle Climax and end. That's really important to her, too, for every event. Oh. A plan. Okay. Um, she also talked about... Oh, yeah. Um, involving as many people. A lot of it... A lot of it I skimmed because I don't, I'm not going to go cut shit out of magazines, and that's what a lot of the assignments are. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. No <clears throat> so it's kind of dated in that way. Yeah. Um, but she's very much into using, like, a viewfinder and then going and cutting, like, cropping something using a viewfinder out of a larger image to see that in a different way, to change the context of things. Very much in, like about changing the context of things that's one of muji's so-called techniques is to think of yourself as a camera without film and that's all you're doing when you're being aware mm -hmm. you're just mm -hmm. a camera without film and then you see things in a frame but there's nothing to hold on to there's no memory to make you're just looking and that's the that's it and yep. that's all yeah Looking. looking it all comes back to looking oh and one last thing is she talks about like basically just making work is the way to make good work oh wouldn't it be nice if i could find it it's like basically the <laughs> artist the artist who makes work is the one who finds their oh here we go ah, never mind that wasn't it <laughs> This has been the fun show. This has been the fun show. Thanks for listening. Um, I hope that you're having a great time <laughs> like we are. Check out schooloflifedesign.com slash magical dash library to sign up for our materials and archives of the fun show and shadyfindsradio.com to listen to episodes on Saturday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific. Thanks for listening.
You can never be sure just where you're going. And memory is a fleeting thing. But you can always know exactly where you are. Shady Pies Radio. You've always been invited. And now, you're here.